previously on Don's stats. As the bad humanoids progress through another level of the Basilica, they find Takta, the key to peace, or depending on who you ask, an abomination, half Rago, half Construct, bread, to make peace by any means necessary. Created by the good Dr. Yavis Dunn, whose motives are unclear. But one thing is very clear. The bad humanoids have no idea what they are doing. As usual. It's dumb. Previously, uh, you guys had just finished level 24, making headway. Uh, you had finished uh, the legend, uh, halfway through the prelude to Millennium Legend, just hit part 5, um, and uh, you are pressing on. Um, in the elevator uh, on your way to level 25, um, some fatigue and exhaustion really hit. And that is exacerbated by the fact that things start to get really, really warm uh, in the elevator. Um, not overwhelmingly hot, per se, but um, just kind of muggy and sticky, um, like, almost like you're in a greenhouse, uh, if you will. The elevator takes you guys to... Um, up into the up into the up into the castle which eventually changes into as you pass through right into another another place um into uh this uh like skyline of uh the city that you've been in and around and about this whole time um this big major city um but um instead of being on the outskirts or in a small building in a poor part of town you guys fly through the middle of the city um, and the elevator lands on an empty rooftop on this sultry autumn night in the city. The air is hazy. Steam and embers are sparking all around you. Um, you've been on a lot of roofs, but this one looks out specifically at the tallest building on the skyline. This building that you've heard about a couple of times, the JCB building. Um, you know that uh, this thing, this place is the kind of heart of... Dr. Pensaros Beardstrom's whole um, operation, and he's the one who um, you guys found out funded uh, the party to find the Wondrous Eight, uh, but then also is funding that you guys just learned last level is funding this secret 
um, initiative that Dr. Dunn is working on with Ragos and the creation of Takta. So, uh, elevator lands, opens up, and you guys kind of walk out on this building. Um, red lights are blinking from this building, um, and, you know, it sounds like you're on the rooftop of a, you know, really busy city. Um, and there are any number of things to look out at as this is on the top of a roof in a major city. Um, what would you guys like to do? No glyphs or anything? Are there any glyphs? Um, you walk a little further and instructional glyphs simply read, watch for the turn of the tide. Um, Nero scans the horizon for an ocean. Mm, no ocean is found. What could it mean? I'm stumped. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Germ will walk towards the edge of the roof towards the JCB building and look down at the street. Alright, um, you're really high up um, and there's enough like haze and steam in the air that you can't really see uh, that far down. Alright, well I guess I'll just look <clears throat> at, at the building. Are there windows? Yes. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check for me. Sick. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Jesus. Yeah, I have eighteen perception, dog. Damn, son. All right. So here's what you see. Um, you look at the building, and it's it's obviously taller than, than this one, but you're far enough away that you can kind of. Um, you can kind of see into the sort of top level and you see in this kind of glass penthouse, uh, area at the top of the building before the roof of, of, of it, you see a figure in the window with a long beard, a bald head, right? Um, staring out right back at you. Give him this universe's equivalent of the middle finger. <laughs> All right. Nero, um, you feel something pulling you uh, into the netherworld. Whoa. Yeah. Cowabunga. Can I sense what it is? Uh, go ahead and make a knowledge arcana check for me. Okay. <clears throat> be a 22 all right there's a figure coming from there's a there's a presence coming from that building that germs looking out at that is attempting to make contact with you uh does it sense uh nefarious does it seem nefarious or um it does not okay i'll uh can I just like answer the magical phone or just yeah. like do do something to make help the connection or Yeah. Um remember you can you can kind of travel between here and the netherworld freely. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, I forgot. Yeah. Um okay, yeah, I'll go. Alright. Uh Nero kind of uh bamps uh real quick and um Nero, you see kind of almost an exact carbon copy of this world except you're like floating mid-air 
Um, and you see this um, sort of like uh, figure floating midair, maybe like 300 yards away from you. Um, and he's got this like, you know, these flowing robes and everything kind of like, a, you know, like a, a stereotypical wizard would have. And bald head, long beard, uh, looking towards you. And he will say the following words. He will say, don't just look for the turning of the tide. Watch for who causes it. Hmm. That what do you mean? Let's say, I shout to him. He'll say, the importance lies not in the act, but the actor. Who are you? He'll say, an ally from another world. Do you have a name or at that you are kind of brought back into the well not really the real world as this is a magical cathedral from hell but you know yeah yeah um okay well i guess i'll relay my vision to the to the troops okay uh did I see Germ flipping that guy off and then recognize him, or did I not see that? You didn't see the guy. It was when you saw Germ flipping this guy off that you kind of, like, shifted into the netherworld. Okay. Uh, just received a warning to not only look for the tides turning, but to see who's turning them. Uh, I know this doesn't help at all, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm just as confused. Jermal will just take point it out to everybody else and be like, you guys see that dude in the window with the beard, right? Did he respond when I gestured towards him? No, he did not. Uh, but when you point him out, um, everyone can look and see him now. Okay. Do I recognize him? Yes, you do. Oh, that's the, that's the guy. That's the guy I saw. He was floating. He, I think he's a, a magic user of some sort. So, the turning of the tide, eh? The old tide turn. The old... You think that means, like, uh, an uprising of sorts? I mean, I know a... I know a... I know a castle when I see one. And it, this building doesn't look like the buildings we have, but it looks like somebody very powerful lives in it. Powerful people usually have enemies. Um, at that, you guys uh, hear a kind of rushing noise from the east. Uh, I look east. All right. Germ looks west and then realizes that he's it's like, he, oh he yeah, know where he's looking, and then he. <laughs> oh yeah, crap! I, it's, it's the other pulls way. Pulls out his compass. <laughs> I, I thought I, you said weast. Yeah, weast. Oh, yeah, right. Aren't I a captain, you ask yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't I, I know this? You, I know exactly where I am on the water, on the you're, land. You're like, oh, oh, air east, not nautical east. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Land, yeah, land, land, land west. Land east. It's like, land it's east. like stage right and stage left. There's right, land obviously. West and then All right. To the right, uh, you see an approaching airship. Um 
this thing is a little bit different than uh, the Drake Psy. Uh, this thing is very mechanical, very steampunk in design, right? It's, uh, you know, like kind of like brass and copper on the outside with these sort of like pulsing engines, not unlike a pod racer, right? Um, it's sort of like mid-sized, so imagine kind of like a almost like about the size of one train car kind of uh, flying mid-air, right? And it's coursing towards uh, about the halfway point between... Um, uh, sorry, it's coursing like right towards y'all's rooftop. But high above you. A little bit higher above you. Uh, are there windows on the ship? Uh, yes, and uh, give me a perception check, please. Yeah. Gotta find out who's turning this tide. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, modified 20. Oh, okay. Um, you see uh, one person in the cockpit. Um, looks like kind of this average guy. Chin strap beard. Um, sort of a, a, you know, like a leather vest uh, over a kind of like... Uh, tunic shirt uh, with a couple of like, you know, steampunky accessories, right? Like goggles and things like that um, piloting this thing, but that's all you can see. He's a, can I tell what race he is? Is he human? Human. I'd say it looks like the captain is human or at least the driver, pilot. I, w I wouldn't have a word for pilot. Would I? Or the, the helmsman, I'll say. The there it is. There it is. is uh, human. Right. I don't know why, but I was expecting some Ragos. Uh, in these worlds, have we seen any other race besides human and Rago? I can't remember. That's it. Just those two. Where does it look like the ship is going? Uh, it's coming towards your... It looks like it's coming towards you, but with its height, it looks like it's going to fly directly over you. Germ will try to predict its course. Okay. See if there's like a nearby landing pad or something. Okay. Um, as you look around, uh, you look kind of look west, right? Like where it would keep going. Um, you don't see much. You just see kind of like the goings on of the city. Nothing crazy. Just the hustle and bustle of a busy metropolis on a weekday evening, right? Um, you don't really see any towers taller than you looking west so not quite sure maybe this is where it's supposed to land this rooftop but this rooftop you know doesn't necessarily look like it could support something like this landing on it if that makes sense right you think about mm -hmm. like dry docks germ that you've used before and there's like you know even though this technology you don't quite understand there's still a like you know size ratio when it comes to craft and landing area Yeah, it's got a dock somewhere yeah and like this roof doesn't really necessarily look like it could support this thing so it's either it's either going to make a crazy kind of landing here maybe or it's gonna just keep going uh germal germal try to signal to the to the aircraft to see if anyone can see him all right. What he'll, just, he'll do like the the classic like he'll wave his arms like like he's kind of directing, you know. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I imagine there's a similar thing if you're guiding a ship into like a seaport. Yeah. You know. While you're doing that, uh, Nate, make me a perception check. Okay. Twenty-two. Okay, there is like um, you're you're all kind of like watching Germ and watching the craft at this point, um, and so you're facing east right mm -hmm. so to the north was the building to the east so to the right is to the is the where the ship is coming mm -hmm. right um and you're facing that way now so now to your right would be south from the original okay. ordination um something catches your eye uh there's like a glint of light that catches your eye a little like reflecting glint of light that catches your eye coming south okay i'm gonna try and focus on it and see all right uh make for me another perception check Add five. 27. All right. You see two things. There is another building, not quite as tall as the JCB, but equidistant from this rooftop mm -hmm. that the JCB building is to you now, okay. but in the south direction. Okay. So right? basically. Yeah. You guys, you're at the halfway point yeah. Yeah, of these two buildings. Um, and when you focus, you can see that there's someone on that roof as well, right? And this person is kind of crouched down, sort of like up against the ledge of this roof. The thing that caught your eye, the glint that caught your eye, is some kind of weapon that this figure is holding. Okay. And you can it tell where he's pointing it or? Straight towards the JCB building. Okay. I will. And like you, you guys are in a, you know, far advanced enough tech technological world where you know what rifles are mm -hmm. this looks like a kind of rifle but it's fancy, fancy. <laughs> you ain't you ain't seen nothing like this none i'll, I'll get their attention all and right. uh point down see if they can catch the light and... all right yeah sneak and peppery and marantha will look and they'll see this figure germ you and nero also will once nate points it out um is this the same city where we fought the masked terrorists? No, it's not. That one was more sci-fi futuristic. <laughs> A little more advanced, okay. A little more advanced. But it is worth noting that a yeah, lot of this stuff feels familiar. Kind of story being told. Okay. Yeah, that this stuff feels kind of familiar. So put that put that in your <clears throat> back pocket. Gotcha. Can I make out the figure at all? The one holding the uh, the yeah. rifle um, looks pretty nondescript, uh, human, uh, but uh, nothing outlandish about their appearance. Okay. No. And the thing that glinted is this weird thing they're looking into on top of the this gun. Okay. Almost looks, looks like, like a uh, captain's almost glass. look like a captain's spyglass. Yeah. Almost German as though there were a eyes. creature called a snipe mm -hmm. that they were hunting, mm -hmm. and they were the ones hunting this snipe. So instead of being the snipe e, they're the sniper. sniper. There you go. Huh. What a weird word, sniper. Yeah. Weird. Although you guys probably have this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do we have assassins? I mean, we have assassins. You definitely have assassins. Yeah. Um, I would like to send hoots up into the sky. Noise. All right. And just, just say, uh, I want to send them towards the the guy with the weapon. Okay. Okay. Uh, just well, to get a closer look. Yeah. 
while he's doing that, I'm gonna try and follow like it's as best I can tell, just from like the spyglass and the rifle, like follow his trajectory and see basically see if he's that. pointing it at that guy that we saw in the window. Okay, cool. All right, um, John, make for me a uh, do do a perception check. Uh, go ahead and add five. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. All right. Um, you see that it's not aimed at that figure in okay. the JCB building. Um, it's pointed like maybe about, I don't know, your best guess using some like real quick, like, <laughs> you know, makeshift geometry yeah. uh, in your mind, maybe about like 20 or 30 yards uh, lower than that. Okay. So, yeah, I'll try to follow it down. Yeah. Just, yeah, very rudimentary. See, are there any other lights on in the building? Any exposed windows? This looks like it would be aiming at, like, this kind of, like, stone facade part of the building. Okay. Yeah. So nothing in particular? Nope. Nope. <clears throat> All right, Nero, you send Hoots uh, over to the the figure with the with the gun. Um, and as it gets, as Hoots gets closer <laughs> and closer, you can make out more of this guy really really nondescript human um dressed in black holding this thing he's got like kind of like a black cap on right and um this this gun looks really really uh uh technologically advanced from what you're used to seeing um and he just looks to be patiently waiting there um you can see like little sort of uh things of food uh that are there around him there's like a small collapsible chair that's laying next to the wall, right? Maybe this guy has been here for a while. Okay, and it's just him by himself? Correct. From Hoot's okay. vision. Can I see where... Does he He has the gun in his hand? Yes. Can I see where he's aiming? Uh, yeah, you want to try to like position Hoot's like behind him? Be and like Behind a, him, yeah. Like a, lining up a golf shot? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's similar to what I just told John slash Nate, right? Like okay. it's aiming across the way above y'all's heads. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure it was synced up. Now, after you see this, you and John both kind of are able to also deduce that like this is about if this ship continues on in this path straight, mm -hmm. it will cross this like target line of this gun um About can hoots interact with this guy at all uh what would you like hoots to do like did he even look at it as hoots flew over or no he did not um gonna have hoots just like peck at his leg uh sure Hoots goes down to peck at his leg, but uh, before Hoots does that, Hoots is distracted by something. A new figure appears on the roof. With us? No. Uh, the roof with the sniper. Oh, okay. You see this um, tall, slender, pale-looking motherfucker with long black hair tied in a ponytail... Right, wearing kind of this long black duster uh, that's almost like form-fitting skin tight, right, and some like you know some regular clothes under that, but they look fairly fancy, right? It's got like a pocket watch chain coming from one to another. 
right? And mm-hmm. um, he steps out, and there's this, like, shroud of darkness that kind of surrounds him above his head, right, that keeps him in this kind of, like, shade the whole time. And he produces from behind his back, as if from nowhere, this long curved blade, right? Almost looks like a katana. Um, and stealthily, stealthily approaches the gunner. <clears throat> Anything you want to do, Rob, with Hoots? Um... I'm going to try to warn the gunner. Okay. Like pecking the leg? Yes, and I keep pecking the leg. All right. That doesn't seem to do anything or get this figure's attention. Um, And you watch as very quickly this other slender pale figure rushes up almost completely silently and just like cuts this figure's head off like in one fell swoop. Catches the head mid-air, right? Catches the slumping body with his foot, right? So that it doesn't make a noise or anything like that. And then twirls around and slowly lays the head and the corpse down on the ground silently. And um, grabs the gun. And takes this, like, you know, takes this, like, component piece out of it. Right, and puts in this other component piece that he produces from his duster and then leans down and aims in the same direction. Hey, he's aiming in the same direction that the other guy was? Correct. Alright, um, does anybody else want to do anything? Things look like they're converging pretty fast. If I have time, I want to send Hoots to the ship. Okay. Just to get a closer look at what's going on there. Ah, yay. All right. You send Hoots towards the ship. Hoots flies over, and on the back of the ship is this kind of almost like this weird balcony uh, space, like this kind of like gated off but open air sort of like back porch to this ship. It's very small space. And there, sitting is the tall, blonde male from the party right Mm -hmm. the one who was dancing with the girl that the party was for Mm -hmm. you've heard this guy referred to as mycroft before right he's got in his hand a tumbler of some sort of brown liquor that he's kind of like swishing around and he's got just this like self-satisfied smirk on his face right um and um his clothes are covered in blood right um and um he's just you know sort of just standing there and like he'll close his eyes at one second and hoots will look into the ship uh from that point of view and we'll see uh soze the rago right wraith the sort of uh uh you know the 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 human wizard right um dr dunn right and coming out of this side door inside the ship is the girl who was the party was for 
and she's dressed in this really simple white dress also covered in blood right and she walks out and hoot sees a little scene happen right where um soze and wraith and dr dunn look really shocked that she's up and about right and kind of rush over to her right and not two seconds after they get over to her right hoots turns and sees this right and you guys see it from the the rooftop first you see this pale figure shoot this gun right and then hoots sees and you guys can kind of like follow it real quickly it almost feels like it's happening in slow motion. You're actually able to follow it, you know, much easier than you normally would be able to following a firearm being shot, right? But Hoot sees this, like, small, like, jerk in Mycroft standing up, right? And the glass in his hand has shattered, right? And he looks down and this, like, red rows of blood starts to form on his white shirt in a space that wasn't already stained with blood right and he slumps over onto the ground and hoot sees uh the girl see this scream right and this is as the ship is passing by you guys right and kind of like you know it's 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 passed by you and it's it's gone to the west now um, Hoots has been following it and trying to keep up with this thing, though Hoots is, like, losing steam because this thing is faster than he is. Um, and, uh, like, Hoots is, like, you know, bamfing forward, trying to keep up with this thing, but is running out of energy. And, um, the last thing Hoots sees is this girl sort of, like, you know, get this, 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 like, strange bloodlust look in her eyes of pure rage and like try to charge out onto this balcony space where Mycroft was just shot um and uh the the doctor wraith and soze are trying to restrain her but are having a hard time <laughs> um and that and like the ship just keeps going and then the ship disappears right magically the whole sort of scene starts to like kind of like dissolve and you guys are just in this cavernous castle room of this um uh, of, of the basilica um anything you guys want to say or do and the elevator is right behind you uh germ <clears throat> remembers and reminds everybody um in the room where we talked to wraith we remember following uh, Dr. Dunn, I believe, and he was talking to somebody else saying that, telling them that it needs to look like an, like it was planned, he, like he was planning something along these lines? Correct. When you say that... like it was an inside job. Hey, Germ, when you say that, you all of a sudden realize why that original sniper was so nondescript. You didn't remember him from before. But when you start thinking about this and piecing this together, you remember him. He was the guy who talked to the doctor at the gate of the Vanderbilt compound on the night of the party. Mm -hmm. You recognize his face now. And remember, he, he, he 
he told him that it not that it needed to look like an accident, but that it needed to look staged or planned. Correct. So like, so he wanted everybody to think and know that this was a planned assassination. Right. But not, I guess. He's trying to make it look like somebody else did it, maybe. I don't know. Because that that was Doctor Dunn who said that, right? Correct. Son of a bitch. And the guy he had do that got decapitated by mm-hmm. Shadowface. No, the guy, the guy was Shadowface. Right? No, 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 no. Oh, the, ori- the, the original, original sniper was the guy that Dunn talked to at the gates of the Vanderbilt compound on the night of the party, and that was the oh. one that Dunn said, "You need to make it look real." And okay. and now um, Nero, you're thinking about. Again, you don't really know about this technology, but the pale face guy did change something about the gun. Remember, he, t- he removed one component from it and put in another. Maybe he swapped. Oh, like a fake bullet with a real bullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. I mean, certainly looked pretty real. I mean, Beardstrom was standing there watching the whole time. He must have known. Um, yeah, I mean, Sneak will say, Nero, you you left us there for a few moments before everything happened, and you told us that you talked to this figure in the Netherworld. Did he seem... Did he seem just like us, sort of hard-pressed to just watch this unfold? Um, I mean, he seemed to know more about it than we did. Sneak will nod. He told me to watch for the tide turner. And then Sneak will ask, I suppose that it's that long-haired pale figure then. I think that's our guy. Yeah. Who is he, though? No clue. Who is he? Never seen anything. Agents of Chaos. He doesn't... Re- does he remind me at all of... Wait a second. Sneak will say... Say that again, Joe. An Agents of Chaos, it would seem. A carefully laid plan. That then gets thrown to the wind. Nero's trying to think of other pale-faced people he knows. Sure, sure, sure. And the first one that comes to mind is... Uh, Frail Kevin. <laughs> I can't be in the sun too long! Pale Frail Kevin. I, I don't want any part of this. Um, I'm allergic it, to UV light. <laughs> allergic. Allergic. My, 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 my story was made into a movie called Powder. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> You probably My did. Favorite movie is Blade. <laughs> Two. <laughs> um, everyone roll. Everyone roll knowledge nature for me. Nature. Nurture. Nature. Knowledge nurture. Twenty-four. Twenty-nine. Five. <laughs> My dice rolls are peaking. Old Nate's a city boy. 
Uh, yep. All right. Yeah. He's like, I don't know nothing Trees. about about nobody. Um, I'm no big city lawyer. So I went with nature just because I was thinking about like outside of Mother Nature and things like that. Um, so, Nero, you are especially interested in this like dark shroud that covered this guy as he walked. This this pale, long haired dude. Um, yeah. And, yeah, because, you know, it was technically still day. It was dusk, but there was still sunlight, and this guy elected to be in this kind of, like, shade. So you're thinking maybe you've seen and heard and, you know, you've you've seen this group interact with vampires before. Maybe this guy was one of them. Yeah. He, he didn't say anything on the rooftop, did he? No, he was completely silent. What you guys thinking about? Clearly dealing with an edgelord here. here so. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> One yep. thing to take comfort in is that edgelords are very, very predictable. And harmless. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this guy was an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are good. A loner. Doesn't play well with others. Right. Really kept to himself. He's already got the he's already got the katana blade. Yeah. <laughs> incel? Are we dealing with an incel? <laughs> oh god. Did he have a fedora over his shroud? <laughs> when he appeared on a roof, Wait, did he that, say was that a Malay? shroud or a giant neck beard? <laughs> <laughs> he's shrouded by his neck beard. <laughs> No, no, no. He was just shrouded in acne. That's what it was. Yeah. But it couldn't have been because we didn't hear him breathing like this. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> Hello. Um, pardon me while I, I take your head. I wonder if you're listening. If you're an incel, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. All right. So in this, like blank room in the castle now um here's what appears three glints of light emerge from where the jcb building was and they start floating towards you um they orbit each other and float towards uh the group in this kind of oscillating pattern um and as it nears right you see that it's actually three separate stones each one about the size of a, of a magic eight ball and each glowing iridescent colors. All right. One is red, one is blue, and one is green. All right. Glyphs appear. Sankarm, the orbiting tristone forged by the human cleric Vela Seisha, the avatar of Arcana Psychosa. These three stones float around the head of the bearer, whoever y'all choose to have this and the bearer has y'all ready hit me yeah the red stone which is the strength stone gives the bearer plus two to strength as well as mastery which means all proficiency bonuses increase by one jeez jeez louise the blue stone, or the intellect stone, gives plus two to flat intelligence, as well as greater absorption, 
which means that you can cancel up to 50 level 8 or lower spells cast by targets you can see. Ships. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you get you get all three. The green stone, the fortitude stone gives plus 2 to constitution plus legendary regeneration. At the end of each 10 minute period, as long as you have one hit point, you regain 15 hit points. Jesus. These don't stack, right, up to max HP, and then the ability stops until you are then wounded again. You also have legendary protection, which means the bearer has plus three to AC. Wow. Finally, and this is a little Bob Spice. Hmm. There's nothing from Pathfinder or anything like that. You have the ability called Incept. You plant a thought in the mind of the target, and Sand Karm is then destroyed. Whoa. They think that thought is theirs. Well. I think this has got Nero written all over it. Well, hang on. Are they are they just floating there still? Yes. Uh... I would like to try to just grab one of them. I want to go for the blue stone. All three gravitate. Uh, I try my damnness to pull them apart. Uh, make an arcana check. Boy, you're going to get your dick shot off. <laughs> what? <laughs> 18. Your dick shot off. No, uh. no, no. Um... This the, these three stones are magically bound, and it's a crazy magical forge that made this thing. Um, okay, okay. These three are not coming apart anytime soon. Um, you guys mind if I take this? No, dude. You want to like take turns with it? <laughs> <laughs> take it. I'll have it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Take it. Okay. If you insist. Marantha will take alternating Sundays. Oh, joint custody. <laughs> Let's just give it to... Guys, stay together for the germ, magical items. Germ would, germ would waste it by, like, incepting someone into believing that Grateful Dead is the greatest like one lyric and then 20 more minutes 20 more minutes of that goddamn nonsense <laughs> oh yeah they, they're Sarin the greatest band Karm sand karm dissipates magical <laughs> riding that harm with magical charm <laughs> grateful dead sucks i'm sorry that <laughs> all right legend glyphs appear that really that read the <laughs> Right. The Prelude to Millennium Part 6. Rikard Mycroft Vanderbilt III. She had the Scarlet <laughs> in her Saren Khan. <laughs> that's just if we want to buy a bootleg CD. Yeah, exactly. All right. The Prelude to Millennium Part 6. Stop knowing 
Grateful Dead songs if you hate them so much. You are the Grateful Humanoid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Riker Mycroft Vanderbilt III is assassinated aboard Vera, the skyship piloted by Mike Smanderman. This day changed the course of everything for the five. Dr. Beardstrom, using arcane temporal magic, sends the group through time and space to an ancient part of Ishan. There the group meets with Theric Moonscale, patriarch of the Moonscale clan of Dragonborn. You know the name Moonscale before. You've, read, you've heard it before. You've learned it before in this very basilica. You knew of Noric Moonscale, Nork. but the, here this figure is called Theric Moonscale, patriarch of the Moonscale clan of the Dragonborn. Here they learn Ishan's history and what led to the Great Sundering, a cataclysmic battle and ensuing chase with the Dark Lord Belial. This resulted in the Dark Lord using time magic to flash forward time several hundreds of years to an era where heroes were long dead and hope along with them. But most importantly, they learned Belial's intentions were never malevolent. Though the denizens of Ishan despised the demonic presence, Theric tells the group of the truth. Belial was betrayed by his brother Boscal and ultimately put on a sacrificial pedestal by his father, the Balrog. The Fell Father, the All End. All of this was so Wraith could learn the truth and then take Beardstrom's place as the courier of this information into the next iteration, that which occurred after the millennium. For this was only the beginning, the prelude. I like the name. <laughs> and it, guys, if you thought if you guys thought Jeff was cool, Jeff is no Mike. Mm. Wait, what was the pilot's name? Mike, Mike Smanderman. Smanderman. Nice. Now that was a cool dude. I bet. You don't get to be the captain of a ship without being a cool dude. Or, you know, basically uh, bum-rushing him and forcing him to do it. Right. All right. So you've been calling him this for a long time. But all three of you have the same thought at the same exact moment. And sitcom turn towards Snake, whose name is actually Arthur Smanderman. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, y'all knew that. Uh, yeah. How could I not put that together? 